Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety you get right here on the CEP Network. Just a reminder for you, the CEP Network has officially been set up with a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you, the listener, to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It's that easy. We are excited to be able to promote such a great company and happy that our listeners get to benefit from it as well. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about the MLB canceling games due to COVID-19. We go over the MTV Video Awards nominees and how it seems like time has turned back 20 years. And we dive into the topic of UFC and the upcoming fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gagey. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach us on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Well, hello there. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocato. Patrick Blair sporting a glorious, should I say mullet, or like three quarters of a mullet? It's a mini mullet, yeah. A mini mullet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. At 37 years old, what makes you want to sport a mullet? Well, that's the thing is you think 37's old, but I do not. No, I don't nah. think it's old. I just think it's old in mullet years. I think it's prime. I think it's prime mullet years. I mean, okay. Well, I mean, 37 is just a number attached to my person, but I feel, uh, I don't feel a day over 18, sir. So <laughs> 37 is just an, a number attached to your mullet right now for me. Yep. Yep. Well, okay. Well, you're going to have to deal with it. Um, I feel like, I feel like the fact that you do not have a beer in your hand defeats, the, defeats the purpose of yeah, having a mullet. <laughs> I mean, my coffee cup says Oklahoma City on it, if that makes it better. I don't know. That helps a little bit. Mm. <laughs> Got my first haircut in four and a half months, and I, you know, I said, let's, 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 let's get a little fun with it, because I got to, I got to be in a wedding this weekend, so I said, uh, let's, let's keep, let's keep everything, well, I didn't keep everything the same, I, I didn't, basically kept everything on the top, cut the sides, and then said, give me a mullet. It's kind of like a faux mohawk into a mullet in the back. So that'd be fun. Yeah. So I'm walk be partying so, in Kansas City. So so walk me through your haircut. Did you have to wear a mask? I did. You you ha- they forced you to or you chose to? They require you to wear a mask. Yes. Okay. So how did that go? It was fine. Um, so. I did not go. So I went to someone I know. My, okay. my first time going to them, uh, he's a buddy of mine. Uh, know him through the music scene. Okay. Um, but he and his wife own a place rather close to me, actually. Um, and so when I decided that I wanted to get my hair cut, the, the guy who normally cuts mine no longer wants to do men's hair. Oddly enough. Okay. Um, so I guess he pretty much, 
with that, with that basically said he no longer wants me as a client in, in so few of words. So I thought, you know what? I have a friend that owns a damn business. I need to start going there. So I let him know, let him know that I booked an appointment and I'll, I'll be seeing him. So, but yeah, they require you to wear a mask. Um, but whatever. I mean, he just, like you said, I think I remember you explaining when you got a haircut, he just made me with my, you know, made me pull the mask off around my ear, pull off the other side when he needed to cut over there. Um, and I know I was emphatic when I said, I just can't go get a haircut with a mask on. That's where I draw the line. Well, I have to, I have to be in a wedding. So I had to get, so, I mean, my hair, every single episode we've posted online of this podcast, I've had a hat on. So I know. because I haven't had my hair cut and when my hair gets long, it's, it, it's like I said, it's a combination of Ace Ventura and Marv from Home Alone with a little bit of Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> so I'm cleaned up, man. I look good. I feel good. Leave me alone. So if you, if you didn't have a wedding coming up, would you have cut your hair yet? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to cut my hair. Um, I think the wedding inspired me to get it done. Don't get me wrong. Right. It might not be, might not be done. Um, but now that I have it cut, it feels good. Like I immediately was like, Oh God, that's a relief. Um, I like wearing hats. I would wear a hat normally anyway, but, um, I think my hat, my head needed to breathe. So here it is. My, my unfortunate situation is I, I'm not big on like snapback hats, which of course you are in the, cause uh -huh. you, you wear them backwards. Normally I always wear fitted hats. And when I get my hair cut, my hat fits differently and sometimes doesn't really fit my head that great. So, um, yeah, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat. Cause I, I'm like my head size, like my hat size. If I were to wear a fitted hat, I'm right in between sizes. So I have the same issue. If I cut my hair, the seven and three eights doesn't fucking fit anymore. And then <laughs> when my hair gets long, that seven and a quarter starts to fit a little bit too tight for my liking. So yeah, snapbacks the way to go for me. Sometimes <laughs> I do. I do still love wearing fitted hats, but whatever. Okay. So I'm going to assume <laughs> hair talk is over. <laughs> let's uh i mean you can keep talking we can keep talking about my my hair well we, want, we have a lot of we have a lot of sports talk to get into so pick a sport let's get into it first well you tell me you what do you what do you think about major league baseball do you think it's going to get canceled with all of these positive tests i mean they just keep coming i think with a shortened season it's not fair to teams who who have to cancel games I, yeah. un I understand that they're talking about it just being a percentage of games won, but still, if you have shorter games, that percentage change changes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I, I don't see the fairness in it when the season is already short. Well, I think the commissioner, Rob Manfred has his hands full. Um, and by that, I mean, he's already, he already has a large, and this is just my observation, and this is me a couple of different places. So on Twitter, and then because I'm a giant baseball fan, I get news updates all the time via my ESPN app, my Fox Sports app, all these apps you get. You know, A large percentage of the media is 
firing at all cylinders on Rob Manfred being like, what were you thinking? I don't think we took the necessary precautions, all these things. So basically lighting his ass up, you know, but, and but, basically but, blaming him. But what precautions do you think that they're not taking that the other sports are taking? Well, they're not in a bubble like the NBA. So that would have been, I've already seen that being one thing mentioned. They're not being as stringent with the testing as the UFC has been. You know, the UFC is quarantining, testing people. Once they find out they're negative, quarantining them for another 48 hours and then testing them again. Now, I haven't seen how often Major League Baseball players are getting tested, but I don't think it's as much. And also, there hasn't been as much restrictions on what they do outside of the clubhouse. The, the, big, the, the biggest thing about testing when it comes to MLB seems to be the, the amount of people that they would have to test constantly. Like UFC, yeah. even if you train somebody's entire camp at one, or you, uh, not train, if you swab an entire camp full of people, you're not even, like, it's not even a quarter of a baseball team. You know? Yeah. So yeah, you're right. that's, a, that's a lot of people. And then to quarantine all those people for, for you know, a couple of days and then come back and do it again, that's, I, I don't know what, I don't know how much it costs to get, you know, that testing done, but I can't imagine it's cheap. Well, the other problem too is they play every day. Yeah. Right. And then the proximity, the proximity at which they operate on the field. I've already seen, you know, teams are coming up with their goofy little celebrations because they can't shake hands. Yesterday, there was two days ago, two days ago, there was a, the bench is cleared which I loved, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. But, oh, man. Um, of course, it was involving the Astros. Former Cardinal Joe Kelly threw behind Alex Bregman and then threw behind Carlos Correa. And then when he struck out Correa, sort of was mocking him in the process, um, which I loved. Now he got um, suspended, right? Eight games, which is ridiculous. I don't know how someone gets suspended for eight games. And I saw that like if that were... If this were a regular 162-game season, that would be the equivalent of getting suspended over 20 games or something. He didn't even get kicked out of that game. So why is he being suspended eight games? Right, that's, that's weird. Yeah, He didn't even get ejected from that game. Um, and it's just people being soft on the Astros. Uh, you know, I'm an old-school baseball guy, um, even though I just said I'm not old. But <laughs> I come from the old school when it comes to baseball. Right. This generation of bat-flipping pussies forgive me i'm just now thinking about what i wanted to say about that so i didn't prepare anything more eloquent than that but this generation of bat flipping pussies needs to get over it the astros cheated they got caught and other teams are going to take it out on them they just are now i'm not one of these people that says oh they shouldn't uh they should have an asterisk or they shouldn't have gotten uh they shouldn't have received the world series trophy you know they should go down as cheaters no no, no. i don't think that they won they won the world series and the reason I say that is because we don't know who else was cheating, and it's likely that other people were cheating. Those people didn't get caught, though, so be prepared for the consequences on the field. That's old school. Now, people don't like the fact that Joe Kelly and these other pitchers are throwing behind them. To those people, I say, you need to toughen up a little bit. It's this soft-ass generation of baseball fans and baseball media that want to sweep these things under the rug. Well, you wanted them to get in trouble for cheating, and you wanted to condemn them for cheating but you don't want them to suffer any consequences right 
We just, again, want to forget it happened. It's not how it works. Right. It's not how it works. Um, people still talk about the, you know, the 19, well, the, the Chicago uh, Black Sox, you know, the team that was throwing games. What is that, 1916, 1919? People still talk about that team. Okay. And I, I forgive me for not knowing the actual year that that happened, but um, they were throwing games and people still talk about that. People are still angry about that to this day. Um, you know, people are still angry about Babe Ruth's behavior off the field, you know? So like the idea that this team blatantly cheated, got caught, didn't apologize. They were arrogant about it. And that's the other thing too. Had they just apologized, said, yep, you caught us. We're sorry. We fucked up. I think the attitude would be a little bit different towards them, but they were arrogant. They were arrogant about it. They didn't really admit to any wrongdoing, or at least most of them didn't. You know, you look at the, some of the guys who have been accused or have been caught using steroids. The ones that have come out and said, yep, you caught me. I'm sorry. I did steroids. Like Andy Pettit, for instance. Andy Pettit basically got forgiven by the entire city of New York in a day because he just said, yep, yep, I did it. I did it. It's okay, though, right? And everybody's like, cool with us, man. Thanks for letting us know. You know, that's all the Astros had to do. So Joe Kelly gets suspended for eight games. But uh, so back to the reasoning that it was funny in the first place is the bench is clear and they have to socially distant get into a brawl or fake get into a brawl. Everyone's trying to have masks on. It was just it was goofy. Um, you know, there was the, the during the Cardinals game when they were playing the Pirates. Um their manager's name has escaped me, but he got ejected and then ran out to argue with the ump and they both had to stop and pause and put masks on. It's, we're living in a, it's just a goofy movie, but um, Manfred's going to come under a lot of heat to get this season canceled because like you said, it's not fair to those teams who are missing these games. Well, what do you, what do they do? You know, what, what, how do they make up, how do they make the games up and how is it fair to them if they, drop out of the playoff race because of games missed that they could not make up, right. you know? Right. Um, you were mentioning the NFL earlier. What were you talking about? About what? What do you mean? The, you said, you said some of the players are opting out of the season because oh, they yeah. don't feel safe. Yeah. There's several, uh, big name Patriots players are, are opting out of the season and it seems like it's a domino effect there. I, I can't, I can't give you names off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up, but I, I know there's there's a, a lot of players. I guess they're giving. I don't know what their contract shit says, but I, I guess they have the option of opting out of an entire season, which is crazy. But I mean, what do you do? I mean, I, I have a feeling that there can be major lawsuits going on if a team wants to, you know, go after a player for deciding to opt out of the season. Yeah. I don't think, well, for those guys, yeah, I guess it's a contract negotiation issue there, but I I really, really don't believe the NFL would dare cancel the season, though. Yeah, I, I think so. they would just, no, it's it's such big business, man. I just don't. It, it, it is, but it's a business that can't, they can't do like these other sports. They can't just short, shorten a season. I mean, there's only, what, 17 games in a season before, or 16 games in a season before postseason? I don't think they'll shorten anything. I think they'll find guys that want to play. And they'll put them out on the field. 
they that's, will. That's, that's they a, will. It's a big roster to fill. They will sell you a shit product if they have to. Do you remember when they had civilians being referees? Do you remember that shit show? Mm-hmm. Did the NFL ever apologize for that mess? Not that I remember. Fuck no. They said, take it or leave it. This is what the product is. Take it or leave it. Right? Basically, the entire... Was it Green Bay? Who was the team that lost because of that terrible call? I think it was either Green Bay won or lost. But whatever the, whatever the, team the, they were playing... The, the inter Seattle and Green Bay. The inter-touchdownception? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. So the <laughs> touchdown was... Seattle got the touchdown, right? And it was on Green Bay against Green Bay. I want to say that, but I, I would whoever lost the whoever remember. it went against, the entire city was protesting the NFL and those referees, but it didn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Um so uh I want to go back to baseball real quick. Why are they putting cardboard cutouts in the stands? to make it fun what how it's ridiculous i mean is that fun to you it's weird i haven't to be honest with you i saw i saw it and i don't really care i haven't paid attention you know if you're a fan if you're a super fan of one of your teams you can pay to have your cardboard cut out there it gets seen on oh, tv is, oh is that it's how a, they're doing it you pay i know you, s- some teams yes wow. i don't know about all but yeah you can pay a certain amount of money and they'll put your your cut out there. I I mean it is what it is. I don't it's 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 goofy and it's cheesy but whatever. Wow. People want to feel good about people want to be a part of it, man. They can't they can't be there. So I do like a lot of the crowd noise though. Um I heard that they're injecting that into it. I like it. Well, they've done it in soccer too, football, football. Um I like it. I would have watched regardless if there was crowd noise, but I like it. I think it helps kind of boosts the experience a little bit. So of watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, dude, we'll have to see, man. I I don't know. I don't know how the, I don't know how major league baseball can continue if they keep canceling games on these teams and people keep testing positive. But I don't have a I don't have a crystal ball. I don't think they do either. But I think I they're. Mean, w- wouldn't you think that if one player on a team tests positive, that they have to quarantine the entire team? Which essentially is that's what they're doing by canceling like the Marlins games, and they're basically saying stay away from everyone else. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. But but I, but but if guidelines are to if you are if you test positive or you are around somebody that does test positive, isn't two weeks your four, fourteen day period supposed to be your window? And how many games are normally in a fourteen day period for a baseball team? Uh, that typically would be. In 14 days, they're going to play five to seven games, I would think, right? Yeah. That's basically, well, it could be more than that, honestly, because they can get through a three-game series in basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. 
day off Monday, then they'll play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they'll play another weekend series. So you're going plus possibly nine games. Yeah. And if that, see, that doesn't make sense. Like if, if one, if, if by CDC guidelines or whatever the guidelines are, if one person tests positive and the rest of the team is supposed to quarantine because they were around that person, then unless you are automatically testing everybody and doing like the UFC does, you test everybody, make them wait a couple of days, test them again as long as they're not positive, put them out on the field. I think the biggest issue is not necessarily them testing positive. It's where do they go after they test positive? Do they go see family? They can't. They got to be quarantined. Right. That's the biggest issue. But how do you contain so many people at one time? You know, one person leaves the quarantine. I'm using air quotes there and has contact with another person, gives it to that person. That person leaves, has contact with someone who is vulnerable, who's to blame? You know, it's kind of like we said with the bars. Well, those people knew they wanted to go to the bar. They went to the bar. They knew what would happen. They knew what the risk was, but they did it anyway. You know, same thing goes. Are we able to tell these guys they can't play baseball or they can't go have a drink or they can't go do this or they can't go do that? Well, if they want to keep a job, I guess technically, yes, someone's telling them that, but I don't know. I really hope the season doesn't get canceled. I don't. But at this point, it would not surprise me if it did. Mainly because of the social media age that we live in and the influence that social media could have on the impact of making a potential decision. You know, there are, again, all the, the buzz that I've seen on social media is cancel, 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 cancel. Right. Cancel, cancel, cancel. So... Well, I, but, I know, I know you don't want them to cancel, but you know, what if, what if Cleveland has, you know, can't play two games? They have to cancel two games, four games, whatever, and it comes to the end of the season or you know, close to playoff time, and they're two games away. You know what I mean? Like, is that possible? I or the, is it? I don't know. I don't. I. It just seems tricky. Well, everything you just said would make sense if it happens to Cleveland because that's <laughs> what happens. So, well, I picked Cleveland the scenario on that you just yeah yeah no, the scenario that you just described felt really it just felt real to me anyway. So <laughs> it's probably I'm gonna knock on wood here. It's probably gonna happen anyway. <laughs> but I don't. Well, well, we're gonna have to wait and see, man. You and I could sit here and, and ask all of the necessary questions, and they're not gonna get through to the necessary people anyway. It's um it's unfortunate that a it took so long for them to start the season and b it's kind of been horrendous up to this point. I think some teams have handled it well and I think some teams are experiencing very little issues and then for some teams it's been an absolute nightmare. Um but I mean we could sit here and talk about mortality rates and all of that bullshit but at the end of the day the no one cares about the mortality rate. The people that are against the the overall idea of this virus in general are the ones talking, you know, talking about mortality rate. Are the ones that don't want to talk about mortality rate. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're just gonna have to wait and see. 
You're playing the waiting game. I think with all with all sports, with the exception of the UFC, they again they seem to have it figured out. Bellator has it figured out. You know, Bellator had an event last weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. Do they really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, Sergio Pettis fought in the main event. He won a decision over Ricky Bendejas. Is that his first fight in Bellator? No, this is. Uh, I want to say his second or third. Really? Definitely not his first. No. Hmm. Um, but speaking of things we can watch, did you know when's the last time you watched the MTV Video Music Awards, or did you even know that they still happened? I don't think I knew that they still do. Why? Why? Why does? Okay, so first question, why? Second question, what kind of viewership do they get for music awards, I wonder? Well, remember, video music awards. It's supposed to be about music videos, right? Well, not only do they still happen, but they still have a rock and alternative category, apparently. So they're still acknowledging that rock music exists, which is surprising to me. So, Do you want to hear the nominees of Best Rock Video well, at this I, year's? Bef- before you give me the nominees, I want to know, are you saying that because what they would put into the category of rock or alternative, you would not consider that? Well, as I'm looking at the list, let's just start with rock. If I'm looking at the list for the rock nominees, it looks like it would be a list from 2003. So these Here are, are the nominees for these Best are bands Rock still video. Putting it. <laughs> you sound just like <laughs> you're giving the award out. <laughs> well, Here are your nominees. Here are the nominees. <laughs> um, so Blink-182, and I'm not even going to say the names of the songs. Well, actually, Blink-182, the song called Happy Days. I've heard it. Have you heard that song? Nope. Let's see. Let's also play the game of how many of these songs has Colt Heard. It's going to be very few. Blink-182, Happy Days, Coldplay, Orphans. Nope. I have not heard that. Nope. Evanescence, Wasted on You. Actually, I think I have heard that. So far, this is a list from 2003. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) Um, Fall Out Boy featuring Wyclef Jean. Did no... Nope. I thought Wyclef... Never mind. Um... Fall Out Boy featuring Wyclef Jean, Dear Future Self, Hands Up. Green Day, Oh Yeah. And then The Killers with a song called Caution. I have heard the Green Day song. I have heard the Blink-182 song. I have not heard any of the other songs listed here. Have you seen any of the music videos for any of these songs? The Blink-182. I have seen that. Hmm. And the Green Day. I actually have seen the Green Day one as well. Um... I did not know that Evanescence had new music out. I did not know that Fall Out Boy had music out. I, I did know Evanescence. I actually just downloaded the Evanescence album, uh, the newest one, a couple of weeks ago because ha- it wasn't it. It was a long time between albums, I think, wasn't it? Okay, but didn't you just say that you haven't heard the song I just said? No, I said I think I have. Okay. That's the only one on there that I had heard. I have no idea the last time they put out music. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's been a long time. And for some reason, I heard that they put out a new album. I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a try. 
but I don't know yeah. that I, I don't know I don't know that I gave it a lot of a try. <laughs> no, you gave up. That well, that's not that's not bad on there or like a downfall on them. It's just the fact that I didn't. I just haven't had I haven't put the time into it. Didn't make an impression on you. I not from the first couple of songs, but that doesn't. You know how that goes, though. That doesn't mean that the album is not good for the most part. You're too kind. You're too kind. You're afraid to say anything negative. Well, but I, I like that. Good for you. No, but I can't say no, anything negative because I haven't heard it. Are you like me? Like if I download or I don't download anything, if I buy a record, I listen to it immediately. So you like downloaded it and then put it up on the shelf and said, oh, I'll get back to it later. And then just have it? Pretty much. That's bizarre, but okay. So here are the uh, well, best. <laughs> the, the majority of the time, if I'm like, I might be scrolling through social media or something and I'll see that somebody put an album out and I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna, I need to listen to that. And then I'll download it and then I'll forget that I downloaded it. And then, yeah. Does that make me a terrible person? <laughs> I don't know. Makes you weird. Thanks, um, I appreciate that. Best alternative. So these, I feel, are going to be a little bit rockier for you. The 1975. If you're too shy, let me know. I've never Do heard you of know that. who that band I've is. I've never heard of that band. <laughs> um, all Time Low. Yes. Some Kind of Disaster. I did not know they put out new music. I didn't either. Um, I don't know who this is. Apparently, they're called Phineas. Let's Fall in Love for the Night. No idea. Um, Lana Del Rey, doing time. Hey, before what's uh, um, what's her name? The biggest freaking star out there right now. The uh, Taylor Swift. No, the other one. Lady Gaga. No, the other one. The the whisper. Whitney Houston. The the loud whisperer chick. Uh, Janet Jackson. <laughs> what? No, current. Billy Eilish. Billie Eilish. What's her brother's name? I have no clue. I thought it was Phineas. Okay. That's why that Good. popped on my head. I was just curious if that, if look there's a link there, if that's... You, you want me to look it up? I here. could be wrong. Yes, please. Because I'm going to feel so like he an has a idiot. So, he has a solo career. He's not living in the shadow of his sister anymore, is what you're saying. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm just throwing that idea out there. You're just making a uh, non-educated guess. Well, as soon as I Googled his name... Phineas O'Connell, and there's a picture of he and Billie Eilish. So, Phineas Baird O'Connell, known as Phineas, is an American singer, songwriter, record producer, and actor. He has written and produced music for various artists, including his sister, singer Billie Eilish. Stepping out of the shadows, man. Can't be held down by that brat anymore. Sir, you are welcome. Good for him. Good for him. That Look I at you some... knowing stuff. I, I had no idea I don't, who that was. I don't know much, but every once in a while... Um, so the next nominee is Lana Del Rey for a song called Doing Time. I know who Lana Del Rey is. I don't know that song. Nope. Um, Machine Gun Kelly for Bloody Valentine. He's about to blow up, dude. He's I'm, already. I'm, I'm assuming he won that category. I don't think they've happened yet. Oh. I think these I, these are nominees. And I also, I'm not giving the awards away, so no, I have no idea. Well, wait, um, what? When? When is this? When? Where are the awards? 
Jesus Christ. Uh, it doesn't say in this article I'm reading. <laughs> August 30th. Okay. They will air on August 30th. Um, he's about to blow up, man. He's already blown up. Like, he's already, you know, super fucking... Um, famous but now with that song that record coming out his relationship with megan fox being nominated for a vma i bet you he plays the vmas he's about to become like superstar status if he's not already how does how do the vmas work this year i have no idea i assume Someone's going to uncomfortably host them in front of a bunch of 12-year-olds. They're going to make jokes that get them in trouble. But they can't. There's going to be a bunch of... What do you mean? I mean, they can't have a... Are you saying, how are people going to be there? Yeah, they can't have an audience. They'll find out. They'll be socially distanced or it'll be... everybody. They'll do it via Zoom. Who fucking cares? All right, so the (laughs) the last best alternative nominee is 21 Pilots Level of Concern. Again, a song I don't know. I've really lost touch with that band. Are you a uh, fan in general? I really liked their first record when it came out. Um, and really enjoyed it. And then went and saw them live one time. And uh, thought it was good. But then I started watching them live more via YouTube. And watching interviews not really digging their vibe it's not for me they're it's just uh it's it just comes across as incredibly pretentious to me and that might be me reading into it way too much because after all they're a two-man band and they wear ski masks so but there there just felt like there was some sort of pretentious irony in all of it that's just, it's not for me. Doesn't have anything to do with their music, though. I think they write kick-ass fucking songs, you know? And they're really what, good live. What, song, um, what songs, were the, what were the big songs on the first album? Is that like Car, car radio? radio? Okay. Yeah. Was uh, Heathens, well, car radio's, was heathens on that? Heathens? Or was that on the, the next s- album? I think it's on the second one. Oh, okay. Uh, let's look it up. But yeah, that list of rock bands, that's 2003. Like, yeah. are there no new fucking rock bands that M- MTV can acknowledge? There are tons of new bands. Like, have you? That's that's an interesting thought. Have you ever have you ever seen that happen before? Like, to where bands that were big twenty years ago are still dominant are, are the ones still dominating the charts? Maybe not the chart. Well, I guess not the charts, probably, but like. No, they are. are. Green Day's dominating the chart. I mean, yeah, for sure. No, like, you're right. Have you ever seen that though? Like twenty, like twenty years difference. The same bands are the ones that are still being played the most, and it's and it's new music. music yes. Well, I think it happens in rock music quite often because like, people don't like who. Give me, give me some examples of bands, like that, a band that's come back twenty years later and sold tons of records or. But it's not really coming back. It's like staying semi-consistent staying for 20 years. Yeah, and relevant. Aerosmith. 
Metallica. ACDC. Uh, bon Jovi. Um, Stone Temple Pilots before Scott Weiland died. Pearl Jam still. Um, Green Day, obviously. Um, shall I go on? Or have I convinced you? <laughs> I don't know. No, well, okay. So I guess, well, I don't know. Like those bands, like all those bands that you mentioned have like hardcore fan bases. I would, I, mean, I would say, which I mean, I, I guess you do sure. like Green Day and stuff like that. I guess you, they have, you know, they're stable of people also, but I don't know. Maybe it happens more, more, uh, maybe it's more common than I thought. Uh, I like, again, I think with rock music, I think it is. Um, but I think it, it kind of has to be that way or it seems that way. And you're seeing those bands be nominated for VMAs because MTV and whoever runs shit over there isn't doing their due diligence and seeking out newer bands or unknown bands. They put the name Blink-182 and Green Day and the Killers as nominees. People are going to tune in. Right. You know, if they put Fever 333 as a nominee, people are going to go, I don't know who the fuck that is, so I'm not going to pay attention. You know? Um, And that was an, uh, an obscure example, but they should be nominated for something. They're one of the best rock bands out there today um or you you could even get a little more mainstream and say like a day to remember or bring me the horizon or any of those bands you know um but uh so the 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 21 pilots record was called vessel that came it's not their first record anyway but came out in 2013 holding on to you was the other big song i remember okay from that um but apparently it had six singles the other one I remember besides Car Radio and Holding On to You is House of Gold. But that was a good record, man. That was that's again, good band. I just their whole vibe, their image and their kind of their their projection into the music world is just somewhat pretentious to me. But whatever. So what do you, what do you think MTV's definition of alternative is now? Like you think it's the same definition as it used to be? you know, 15, 20 years ago? I don't know. What does alternative mean? I don't know. If you had to define it real, really quickly, could you? I mean, just, I mean, something diff. like you would have to know the definition of like all the di- other different genres and then alternative would be something different from those. Right? Like wasn't, uh, like it wasn't, Nirvana and bands like that considered alternative or would you, or were they just considered rock? No, they were considered alternative. Yes. Like, so sa- like sound, defini- sound garden, like a lot of those, uh, those grunge bands were considered alternative, right? Yes. Alternative rock is a category of rock music that emerged from the independent music underground of the 1970s and became widely popular in the 1980s. Alternative refers to the genre's distinction from mainstream or commercial rock or pop music. So maybe stuff that's on the poppier side? No. It's supposed to not be pop oh, is what not. that means. Okay. So I would, you know, probably eliminate quite a few people from that list of alternative, such as 21 Pilots. Right. Machine Gun Kelly. Right. Uh, 
I would just go ahead and throw Phineas in there because he's Billy Eilish's brother. <laughs> Even though you have no idea what anything sounds like that he's done. No idea what it is. <laughs> Not a fucking clue. Um, but yeah, it just uh, those are. I just thought I found it funny that the the nominees for rock were older bands, and it just looked again looked like a list from two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, but hey. Good for MTV still acknowledging that there is rock music out there and it's not the Taylor Swift and yeah, Takashi Nine show or whatever. But do you think people take it as seriously as they used to back when MTV was actually music television? I mean, do, do you think people take like with all the, the garbage I'm going to say that MTV is puts out now versus what they used to. Do you think people still take it as seriously for them to put out a, a award show like this? Uh, do I think, so you're asking, do you think people take, do I think people take the VMA seriously? Yes. Did they ever? I think so, at one point. I think the artists definitely did, because if you were on the VMAs and you won a VMA or just were there in general, you were mentioned, it did, it, it meant something. Um, okay. So, a, so yeah, that, so I guess that's what I mean. Like right now, if a, a band wins, does that mean what it, the same thing that it would have 20 years ago? No, but I still think it means something. But, then, but, but then again, these bands are established because these are the same bands that were probably nominated 20 years ago. <laughs> I would say for the rock bands, no, it doesn't fucking matter. Green Day is going to be Green Day. Blink-182 is going to be right. Blink-182. The Killers are going to, yeah. But for those... Like I said, for Machine Gun Kelly, I think it means something. For Phineas, it means something. Uh, you know, I think everyone on that list, they're all established artists in their own right anyway. But I think for some, it could work to their benefit. Remember when I asked you the last time you watched the VMAs and you said you don't remember? Mm -hmm. So I know I've taken a peek at some of the recent ones, but I the one that I vividly remember being the last one that I watched and like made it a point to watch was one where there were live performances by Hoobastank and Yellow Card. What was this like? But, oh, two. I don't know. Maybe Oh, three, Oh, four, Oh, five, Oh, six. I don't know. It was whenever the reason came out because I remember Hoobastank played one and a half minutes of the reason. So basically a verse and a chorus that's how that's how little MTV gave a shit about rock music is that Yellow Card and Hoobastank had to do their fucking sets back to back. And Yellow Card did Ocean Avenue. So whatever year those two songs were big. So maybe 04. Probably. Yeah, it, it was in that within those couple of years there. I just remember it being horseshit. Like, really, they can't get a full song. You assholes. They have to share time and they can't even play the full song. Um, were, you, were you a fan of Hoobastank? Are you a fan of Hoobastank? Yes. Like early, I'm um, earlier Hoobastank. I'm assuming. I don't know anything beyond the first two records. Okay. Um. So was the wait? So was that their second album? The the one that had the reason on it. Yeah. Was the album called the reason? Possibly. It had out of control. The second album had out of control. The reason. And I think that's it. 
And then what was the what was on the first album? Crawling in the dark. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Running away. I think there was another. Maybe it was just those two. Um. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I like them. Yeah, I like them just fine. It was funny. We play. I played with them in. Uh, at a. I don't remember 2015. Maybe it was that re- so when, that recent. Yeah. 2015, 2016. Maybe. Um, but whenever it was, I remember when we booked it, I was like, I got to look them up and find out something recent by them. So I kind of looked into their catalog of all the records that I never really listened to. And, um, they make good, they write good songs, man. They're a good, they're a good rock band. They're, they're, they're good at being Hoobastank. I'll say that. I don't think they ever really tried to do anything that wasn't Hoobastank. Right. If that makes sense. Like they never changed their sound. They never, um, which not a bad thing. You know, didn't really evolve into anything different to well, kind of well, stay with the times. But is it though? I mean, like you have a lot of bands who do change their sound up, and I don't know if a lot of that is because they feel like they need to evolve to match, you know, the kind of music that's coming out now. Or, yeah. uh, or I mean, you know, what I'm saying like you have your bands that people really like and they never change their sound so they keep those band those people but are they bringing in new fans by not changing their sound i guess is what i'm trying to say well i mean it's good to evolve and that keeps you helps you stay relevant right. i just think maybe they tried i don't i don't know um it did when i listened to the song like some of the later stuff it didn't feel feel like they were trying to evolve and be something they were not i think they just kind of accepted this is the type of band we are. We're going to keep our, our group of fans and whatever. Um, uh, and I commend them for that. I don't think I don't, I don't, I could go either way. If you want to evolve, cool. I'm with you. Um, if you, you don't want to, and you want to stay again, stay true to what the sound was when you started, I don't have an issue with that either. Um, whatever, whatever you feel is best for your career or your fans or, your sanity. I don't, I don't mean, I don't know. I think some, I know of some bands who have evolved with sort of the times and they played music and then they caught a bunch of shit for it and it made them miserable and then they broke up because of it, you know? Um, so. Well, I don't know if we've talked about this or not before, but, uh, are you a bring me the horizon fan? Yeah. What's your thoughts on their evolution over the past few records? Love it. You do like it a lot? Love it. I did not become a fan of them until um, they got poppier and more electronic and just more melodic in general. With, like, which album? The one that's so got, terrible. like, Eternal and... That was probably the one, yes. Okay, that's where I got into them also. Where I started Where I started to turn. Gotcha. Which um, I Which I actually got like two albums into them before I even knew that how hard they used to be. I had no idea. I was always aware of the harder stuff and there were a few songs, few here and there that I'd be like, yeah, okay. But, um, never, never did I, I was never like into it that much where I considered myself like a, a big fan of theirs. 
uh, yeah, when I started hearing the the evolution of their sound and them um, working in more electronics, poppier melodies and hooks and things like that, that's when I really started to get drawn to them. Um, and then I saw them live actually, 2014, right when that sound their sound started to change. And I was really into the live show. I thought it was cool because they had the elements of heavy with the elements of the pop and the electronic. And that's right up my alley. Um, I need, I need to give, I need to give more of a chance to the, what's the last out? Not, no, they put me is M I. Is that how the Amo or Amo? Where'd I get me? I don't know. Fucking record. That record is fantastic. In my opinion, it's their best record. I feel. I don't. You feel like a lot of pe- they lost a lot of people with that record. I think they lost some because I had friends of mine complain about it who are mega fans of theirs who love the the harder stuff. And I go, you guys are. I think you need to listen to it again. It's fantastic. Um, and then the one before that was that's the spirit, um, which got a lot of actually got radio play here in town. Yeah, uh, Thr- which I thought was great. Throne and uh, what else? Happy song. There? Happy song. Yeah, yeah. Those two records are outstanding. Um, Amo though is, but see again, I like poppy stuff. I like pop music. Yeah, but I also like metal. So like, if you can, another band that I think does that well or did that well until recently because they don't have the same lineup as like. Of mice and men do it really well, um, it, and, and I'm just talking with them hooks, just having hooks, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be vocal hooks. If there's a guitar hook, Parkway Drive is really good at being melodic and having hooks, whether they be vocal or the guitars. Um, I appreciate that shit, man. But with Bring Me the Horizon on this last record, they fucking said, "All bets are off. We're going pop, we're going electronic, and we're gonna fucking." We're not going to look back. We're going to go full. And I, I thought it took balls to do that, but I really I really like it. Um, so, yeah. Have you heard, I, I have you heard that the newest single they put out, that Parasite Eve? Yes. What do you think? I like it. I, I think it, it has a good mixture of the newer Bring Me the Horizon and a little bit of the... Mm-hmm. Those like that, the album was simply eternal and yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a good, I, read, like, I, I guess a, an even mixture of like the last four albums they put out. Yeah. I read, I read something recently and I don't remember what publication it was or when it was. It, it wasn't, I mean, I want to say it's been the last few months. Apparently they had planned on or plan on going back to our putting out a heavier record. Um, sort of like a throwback to, What's that record? Suicide Season, I think, is what it's called. Um, so we'll see. I, I I I find it hard to believe that, given the success that they've had with the popular stuff, that they're going to like vacate it completely. Right. Because, like I said, like where's fucking Bring Me the Horizon at a show like the VMAs? Like what? What? You know what I mean? Like where? Um, as much as I appreciate. Green Day and Blink-182 and all the other bands that I said on that list were some of the newer, but whatever. But when I was talking about um, the last VMAs, I remembered with Yellow Card, did you see 
yellow cards in the news? Uh, only from what you told me before we got on air, which I didn't. Did you even, so you didn't I, even I know that they were suing Juice World for it, copyright. It seems familiar, but I don't. I mean, was it for using something of theirs? Like Juice World used something of theirs. He didn't use something of theirs. They claim that the melody from his biggest song, arguably, is too similar to a melody on one of their not so popular songs. So I'll just I'll kind of break it down for you. So they have dismissed the lawsuit. When I saw that they had a lawsuit against them, I was just like, wow, a dead guy, huh? You're going to go after the dead guy, huh, guys? Kind of in poor taste, but okay. But was that was uh, that was the lawsuit put on before or after he passed? After. Really? I'm pretty sure. Now that's I'll, I'll verify that. I'm now pretty that's sure. odd. So And I yeah, wonder no, and I just, and I wonder, we we actually talked about this a little bit an episode or two ago when we were talking yeah. about like the copyright thing, like you can't, you said you weren't for sure, but you said it can't be like eight continuous notes or something like that. So that's the same. You thought it used to be something like that. So I wonder what it is now for them to actually be able to put a lawsuit against them. I ha So, so yellow card have dismissed their lawsuit against late rapper juice world, AKA Gerard, Gerard Higgins over his 2018 hit lucid dreams. The pop rock band filed a federal copyright infringement case against Higgins last October. When did he die? That was after his death. I'll verify that, though. Alleging that he lifted melodic elements of its 2006 song, Hollywood Died, for his 2018 hit, Lucid Dreams, without permission. On July 24th, the band asked the court to voluntarily dismiss the entire $15 million copyright infringement lawsuit. Fifteen million dollars. That I mean, that that money has to come. That like that number has to come from his estate. Well, I was gonna say like, where do you get that number from? Is it just? So I'll, I'll is it based off me, of what me, they think he made off of that song? I think it has somewhat to do with that. So, Yellow Card's attorney Richard Bush says the band decided not to move forward with the case at this time, but still retains the right to refile at a later date. My clients really were uncomfortable about pursuing this action against Juice World, Juice World's grieving mother as the representative of his estate. As they said previously, they are also on incredibly sympathetic about his death and were torn initially about pursuing this in light of his death. As a result of all of that has happened, they simply need additional time to decide what they want to do. How about just not sue him? If you feel so bad about him dying, how about just not do it? Ever occur to you guys? Um, in February, Juice World's attorney Mark Humphrey requested and was granted a stay of the case until an administrator could be appointed for Juice World's estate, arguing that proceeding would create an evidentiary hole for the copyright infringement case's other defendants, given that the case is largely, if not entirely, centered around Mr. Higgins' actions and knowledge. The judge overseeing the case also asked both sides to meet in the interim to discuss a possible settlement of the case. In addition to $15 million in damages, the now defunct yellow card was seeking a running royalty and or ownership share of Lucid Dreams, or alternatively, statutory damages for each act of infringement and for all defendants to be permanently enjoined with, from exploiting the track go, going forward. 
At the time the complaint was filed, they were also seeking damages from Juice World's concert tours and other public appearances, arguing that the overwhelming success of the song launched his career. That's gross. That's all I'm going to say. It's gross. That's weird, man. Like, hey, one of our not-so-popular songs, you took, if he even did, take something from it or something close to it and used it and it became hella popular. Man, that's weird. So they opened up the lawsuit in October. He died in December. So, okay, they didn't do it after he was dead, which is a little bit better, I guess. Uh, but how about after he dies, guys, maybe just drop it. I don't know. It's a business, though. Um, Which that's been going on now for almost eight months, I guess. No, yeah. no, they, they did it in October, right? So ten months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, the fact that they want all this other shit, like concert stuff and ugh, appearance, ugh. I hope they just leave it. I hope it it's dropped and it stays dropped. I'll tell you this. Um, I'm not surprised at all that this particular band filed a lawsuit in general. Not just against Juice World or for this song, just in general. Do you know something that I don't know about the band? Um... Well, I've I've met them, some of them, um, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm just not surprised. Don't hurt, don't hurt my 16 year old feelings, please. They weren't so nice to me and really? the people I was with, but the drummer was really nice. Everyone else, not so much. I'll say this though: I'll give them a compliment. I was never really a fan. But I went and saw them at Pops. This was in, I don't know, 2000, we'll call it 13, maybe. Um, they were putting on one of the best live shows I had seen in a long, long time. Up till the point that they saw one of the security guards there. I won't name his name, but I like him. One of the security guards there basically throw a kid out of the mosh pit because... He was punching people and he ended up punching girls. So this security guard was a big fucker and he basically picked the kid up and threw him. The singer of Yellow Card saw this and the violinist of Yellow Card saw this and said something to him. So he was trying to plead his case like, hey, it wasn't me just being a bully like this kid was being the bully. So rather than Yellow Card have this little interaction with the security guard and let it go, after every song, they had to keep going back at the security guard, had to keep bringing it back up, had to keep calling him a fucking bitch, calling him a pussy, all this shit. Really? Couldn't let it go. Dude, if they could have just let that go, they would have put on one of the best live performances I've ever seen. They just, everything about it was good. The sound was perfect. Their performance was good. The crowd interaction was good, but they couldn't let it go. And they lost me. I was like, fuck you guys, man. Just <laughs> let it the fuck go. They couldn't. They couldn't. Huh. Um, and I went in that I went into that show. You know, someone said, Hey, yellow cards a pops, you want to go? I was like, Yeah, let's go. Fuck it. Why not? Even though knowing what I already knew about them just from meeting them, I just wasn't a huge fan. Whatever. But 
Um, and I went in knowing that and they won me over the first five or six songs, whatever it was. And then totally just <laughs> shit the bed because of that. <laughs> they could have just let it go, but I don't know. Oh, well, well, before we end, I guess you- that's half, I guess that's half a compliment. Half. Yeah. I'll give you half. Um, before we end music, I do want to just do one little plug for do it. Anemical Drive and our good buddy Joel Colby and the rest of the band, actually, Rich Creedy and, who, well, Nick Blackburn, but also whoever else they have in the band anymore. Zach Mosier. <laughs> yeah, Zach Mosier. And uh, Dan, what's Dan's last name? Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one that doesn't remember. It's Dan. Anyways. Sorry, uh, Dan. Anyways, so this episode will come out on Friday, which is the same day that this song, their new song, The Reckoning, will be released. Hell yeah. And you said you have not heard it yet? No, I didn't know I could hear it. I didn't realize that it was... uh... So yeah, Outburn, I think is what it's called. I saw that, but I didn't realize they posted anything. Yeah, they put out the song on SoundCloud, I want to say. Uh, so that, but I think, believe that's the only way you could hear it up until tomorrow. But by the time people hear this, if they're, if we're pointing them in that direction, they should be able to hear it everywhere. And it's, it's a, it's a rager. I'll give them that, which I know. One of their songs, not. Yeah. Well, from the ground wasn't. It wasn't a rager. Right. Why do you say that? Like, I mean, is it a song that like gets you like, would you put that song in a gym a gym playlist? Like it gets you ready to go. Dan Winter. Winter. Sorry, Dan. That's sorry, God man. God damn it. Yeah. God damn it. Um, I fucking. Uh, would I put it on a gym playlist? Yeah. Why not? But also, so. so Can I that, play the first thirty seconds of it right now? Yeah, I mean it'll be out. It should be out by the time no, it's from the ground. From the ground. Oh yeah, go ahead. There are there are friends. They won't care, right? So you're saying this is not a rager to you? Compa- ow, compared to their first album, or well, no, sorry, well, first or second album. I'm already raging. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. I'm already punching people in the face. You're crazy. And then you're, you're getting out thrown out by the security guard at pops. I had to come to their defense there. Um, I okay. I say less of a rager than their first two albums, but okay. that song has been remastered, as well as uh, nothing less has been remastered also, which will be coming out on their new EP. Well, I won't play the new song now. I was gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm was going about to hit play on it, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go listen to it when we're done, though. I didn't realize that you could do that from that website or from their SoundCloud, so I'm going to do that. Uh, but yeah, everyone should go check out Animal Drive. Absolutely. I tweeted that today because they uh, Kevin Johnson from the Post Dispatch uh, did a write up on them, which I thought oh, really? was great. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Check my Twitter out. I retweeted it. Um, so yeah, everyone go check them out, man. Absolutely. Grinding. Uh, yep. Even <laughs> some of the some of the oldest in the game in St. Louis, I'd say. Doesn't matter. No, I'm I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. 
so anyway, Burn. so yeah, so inimical drive. Check out the reckoning wherever you get your music at. And last thing I want to talk about is Gagey and Khabib has been announced. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I'm excited. Uh, I think it's so far away, though. It's really hard to anticipate anything other than, God, I hope one of them doesn't fucking get hurt. Or, God, I hope this fight doesn't get canceled. It's in what, October? October. So it's close, but still far enough away for something to happen. I, but I, I, are you just <laughs> are you just thinking about all the Khabib, the times Khabib and Ferguson should have fought? <laughs> yes. Is that pushing yes. you away from it? I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, but I'm excited for it. I think if there's ever a guy or ever a time we see, well, it's going to work in two ways. If there's ever a time we see Khabib get pushed and possibly get beat, it could be now. Because he hasn't been active. His dad died. Rest in peace. What kind of a mindset is he going to be in fighting a guy who everyone says is his biggest threat now after what he did to Tony Ferguson? Um, so what is his mindset going to be? Or does he use the death, death of his dad to sort of catapult him into this, this sort of mindset that we've never seen out of him before? He becomes an even bigger savage and totally runs over Justin Gaethje. I'm also curious to see this wrestling that everyone keeps talking about with Gaethje. Right. Now, I don't doubt that he's a good wrestler. I'm not saying that. But he never uses it. Let's see if he actually even tries against someone who will inevitably try to take him down. And when you say, like, good wrestler isn't good enough when it comes to somebody fighting Khabib. Right. Is he on the, the level that he needs to be? Right. Um, which, I, which I assume, and I, I understand, a, you know... When was the Khabib and Ferguson fight? Or not Khabib, not, sorry, not Khabib, uh, Gagey and Ferguson fight? April, right? So I, I mean, you have to assume that he expected this fight to be coming along down the pike at some point. So, yeah. I mean, he's been, you know, he's, what I'm saying is he's been training ground game like crazy, I'm sure. You're talking about Gagey? Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe he just expects that he's going to be able to keep it on the feet. Yeah, maybe he thinks he's going to be able to stuff those takedowns and, you know, everyone gets taken down by Khabib eventually. So maybe Gaethje's mindset is, all right, he'll eventually take me down, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to panic. He's not going to beat me up on the ground. I'm going to be able to contain him. And then ultimately what's going to happen is the fight's going to end up back on the feet where I have the clear advantage. I'll be interested to see if Gaethje can use his leg kicks. We have not really seen anyone leg kick Khabib because they've been worried about being taken down. Right. And Gaethje's leg kicks are on a different fucking level. Um, So I'll be curious to see if he even, A, attempts them, and B, if he does land them, how does Khabib react to them and how does he recover from them um overall i'm excited again there's so much time and so many things that could happen in between now and then um but yeah i'm excited excited. if if khabib wins and retains what do you think is next do i mean does he do they do they have to do a connor fight again 
Or do you think he should just retire and say, there's nothing left for me to do? I think he should fight Kamaru Usman. That'd be an interesting fight. I don't think we've talked about that before. That'd, that'd be a good I've fight. Never mentioned it. I've never mentioned it until now. There's nothing left for him to do at 155. You could rebook the Tony Ferguson fight, but we've seen how that story ends. Why not go for the other belt? Go up to 170, fight Usman. What do you think Khabib walks around at? Uh, I would say 185. So, like, dropping down a weight class would be out of the question, you think? There's no fucking way. You don't think so? No. Not not a chance. I mean, he seems to have it under control now, his nutrition and, you know, losing the weight healthy. Um, but, no, I don't, I don't think he makes 145. I just, I just like to see him hold more than one belt. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like you said, what else is there to do? So that seems like the logical, if there is something else left to do and he doesn't retire, that but, seems like the logical choice. But say he moves up a class, he goes up to 170, do you automatically give him a title shot? Or does he have to have sure. a fight or two under his belt at 170 before he, they give him a title shot? No, oh, they can do whatever they want. I know they can, but I'm saying, like, in all in fairness, do you think... He should. Fairness to whom? Anybody else? Anybody else in that division? Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, bring in two million pay per view guys like uh, Khabib does, and then you have a you have a case. But no, well, I don't think it matters. Maybe maybe you maybe Khabib goes up to one seventy and fights Masvidal, and if he beats Masvidal, then he fights Usman for the title. I mean, sure. I'll watch it, but no, that's not how it happened. <laughs> that's, that's not how it's going to well, happen. Well, the, the only reason I mentioned that was because you said bring in two million pay-per-view buys, and I was like, well, Masvidal's a draw for right now, so let's, uh, sure, not a bad idea. I mean, let's be honest. Connor wants that fight again. Um, if we're really talking about what, what fight this could be booked that sells and that they could sort of ethically make sense, it would be him fighting Connor if he beats KG. But does does weight class matter in a Connor versus does it matter to the people in a Connor versus Khabib fight? Yeah, it has to be for the title. You think so? Yeah. 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 I don't okay, I okay, okay, so so title not we're not if we're not talking about the title, one fifty five or one seventy. Do people care which which class they fight in? If it's not for a title, yes, not for a title. Well, why would it not be for a title? <laughs> I'm just saying, take that out of the equation. I can't. And, and <laughs> he has the title. I can't. Oh, the reason I ask is because Connor's a different Connor at one seventy than he is fifty five. I think. Cardio wise, I, I don't I don't know that he handles being that being heavier as well. 
Not that he, I mean, he's always had some cardio issues in later rounds regardless, but. I mean, he went five rounds with Nate at 170. And he did not look great. Round three was shaky. Round three was shaky, but he recovered. I don't know. I'm just Uh, just just throwing scenarios out. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, he's got to get by Gaethje first. Khabib, that is. Um, Who knows if Connor even comes back, man. I think if Khabib wins that fight, I think Connor will get the itch like he always does. I don't think he's retired necessarily. I think he is on paper or, you know, in the media, but. I mean, he's got, he's got it going for him as far as he knows that if he comes back and even if he loses, he's still, he's still going. I, I don't think. I'm just thinking about this now. I kind of think it benefits him to fight and then have a good long time off before he fights again. Like as far Connor, as far as like his star power to people. Like if he were to fight, say, you know, three fights in a year and lose those fights, I think it would look a lot worse on him to, to the people. Right? Does that make any sense? Well, yeah, if he's losing, it doesn't matter how many times he fights. If he loses, it doesn't look good. It's not a good look with the fans. He's right. got to keep winning regardless. Right, but he's not been doing that. <laughs> Here lately. Fight <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, If he fights three times in a year and he loses three fights, it looks really bad on him. But if he loses three fights within a two-year span, it doesn't look like people forget about that last loss a lot easier before you go into that next fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he's never lost three fights in a row. You know I, what I mean? I know. I'm just, I'm just making the scenario. Yeah. I mean that scenario, but I don't know that he would ever put himself in that position anyway. You know, I think if he loses the fight he needs to win, then I think he's just done. You know, I did see talks too the other day that Floyd said he would fight Connor again. Um, which is sick as it is, I'd be open to seeing that again. I hate saying it out loud, but why not? Let's put it on that exhibition with uh, Tyson and Jones. No, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's not do that. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I, I hate saying it, but fuck it. Why not? How do you... That fight with Mayweather and Connor, the first one, what do you think, like, how how did you see that fight? Like, do you think, do you think Connor put up a better fight than Mayweather thought he was going to? Or do you think that Mayweather ha- had a plan, he let, Con- he let Connor do his thing, and then just finished him off? Uh, I don't think it was Floyd Mayweather's plan to get uppercut like that. Yeah, but that, uh, but that was like the one massive shot. Yeah, that Connor got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think he knew that if he no, Floyd had a plan, but I, again, I I think he was a little bit surprised as to the level of which Connor was actually boxing. Um, 
do I think that Connor did better than he, I thought he would? No. He didn't no. do better than you thought he would? No. I thought he would do exactly what he did. Whether it was Floyd let him or not, or whether it was an, a real thing, I just had a feeling that that was going to happen the way it happened. So, what? I mean, what's your prediction in a second fight? Same thing happens again. He gets, <laughs> he gets incredibly tired, right? He gets incredibly tired. Uh, and then later on in the fight, Floyd boxes his face off. Maybe he doesn't finish him like the first fight, but Connor gets tired and then Floyd just embarrasses him with boxing, essentially, which is what he did in the first fight. Yeah. You know, well, that was my, I think that was if Floyd my point. had started you... doing that to a less tired Connor, you wouldn't have seen Connor get finished. But Connor was exhausted. He had nothing. Nothing. It didn't help, too, that that ref, every time they tied up, broke him immediately. Yeah. That's part of boxing. You hold. Yeah. That's how you catch your breath. He would not let Hot Connor hold at all. A um, little bit of conspiracy behind that, but whatever. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, what conspiracy as far as like not giving him a break? That's what you're saying. Like when they're holding, that he kind of gets a little bit of a break, a breather. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just think the ref was pro Floyd. That's all. Okay. I don't have any evidence to back that up other than what I saw. <laughs> so that's just my my conspiracy theory. But wouldn't have been the first time that a ref was pro Floyd. So anyway. So so you think pro Floyd as in money was shifted his direct that ref's direction, or you just think he liked Floyd better? Both. Interesting. Floyd's got a lot of money to throw around. Hmm. <laughs> Quarter of a million dollars to a ref ain't shit to Floyd. That's, that's all true. I'm saying. That's true. And to a ref, that's a lot of money. So That's true. Just saying. <laughs> well, you got anything else? You want to get out of here? I got to piss. That's so, amazing. Send this bitch. All right. <laughs> We're out.